Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that is all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So in this first reading from the Acts of the Apostles today, we hear this phrase, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Saul and Barnabas. So again, this is, it says they're in the midst of worship and fasting, and then the Holy Spirit says this. So how did the Holy Spirit say that? I want to press into that because I think it's just really important for us. It's kind of one of those back-to-basics kind of things. Because the Holy Spirit is not, was not, an incarnate person, right? So when the Scripture says the Holy Spirit said, it's not the same thing as when the Scriptures say Jesus said, right? Because Jesus, as an incarnate person, had a body, right? He spoke like I'm speaking right now. Holy Spirit didn't have a body, doesn't have a body. The Holy Spirit is an, is an indwelling presence. Not like, right, not like the force from Star Wars, like this whatever impersonal thing, right? No, the Holy Spirit's a person, an indwelling personal presence. It's the love shared between the Father and the Son, the advocate who dwells in us. And we receive him at our baptism, right? He enters in at our baptism. It's strengthened in our confirmation. And he dwells in us. Where? Like, wh- like what part? Where are, where are you in me, right, Holy Spirit? I heard it put this way, and I think it's just the best analogy. The Holy Spirit dwells in us like heat dwells in hot water, which is to say everywhere, everywhere. So he's in us, and he speaks because he's a person. Persons speak, right? But his speaking must be different than Jesus' speaking. So what does it mean that the Holy Spirit speaks in us? So one of the things about our, our human nature our creation as human beings, is that we have, um, by God's design, a deep, rich interiority that one of the things the Lord did when he created us, he gave us hearts. And I don't just mean like the muscle that pumps our blood. I mean this deep place where our personal subjectivity dwells. It's where we're alone with our thoughts. It's where we're alone with God. It's a place of deep interiority. We have an inner life And in that inner life echoes a lot of voices, a lot of voices. We have our own voice. Okay, we're going to do a little morning mass experiment right now. I want everyone right now, begin singing, not out loud, but begin singing the happy birthday song in your head. Ready, go. I know you're looking at me like I'm so crazy. I know. But we all, you all heard it, right? You all heard it. Raise your hand if you heard it. Right? And yet no one sang a note. There was no sound auditorily heard, right? What the heck? That's kind of weird, right? We all heard something, but nothing was actually echoing out loud. That voice, that voice right there, that is, that's your voice. That is you speaking in your own interiority. That is your personal subjectivity. So we have our voice that speaks in the first person singular. It's this sort of inner monologue that we carry on. It's this morning, I came downstairs, I'm speaking to myself. I'm not talking out loud. Do I want Earl Grey tea? Do I want English breakfast tea? Do I want chai tea? I'm having this inner monologue with myself. That's my voice. That's your voice. But there are other voices in our interiority. Because there's other actors on the stage, right? We have the voice of the enemy. We have the voice of the enemy. Jesus calls him the accuser, the liar, right? 
And his voice is so subtle and it's so deceptive because what he often does, because he's parasitic to the good, he often hijacks our own personal pronoun, making it sound like that he, he, he hijacks our own personal monologue. But it doesn't start that way. And here, here's, here's kind of what I mean. Here's an example. Maybe you had an older sibling who teased you or a father or mother who wasn't kind or loving or there was a bully or someone in your world as you were growing up as a kid and you heard a lot as a little boy, as a little girl, something like, you are so stupid. Something like that. You are so stupid. You hear that condemnation, that accusation, and you internalize it and it goes on repeat. You are so stupid. You are so stupid. And eventually the enemy's lie slips in and it transitions from you are so stupid to I am so stupid. And we carry that. We carry these condemnations, these accusations within us. And we often forget where they started, where they got in, where they were planted. When did I start thinking that I'm so stupid? When did I start thinking that I like, no one likes me? When did I start thinking that I'm, like, I'm fat or ugly? When did I start thinking that I'm not good or lovable? Like, when did that get in there? We often forget those moments. Like, are there lines, are there quotes, are there sayings, if you will, that you carry in your heart that condemn you? Things that, that um, are often on repeat that leave you feeling little and alone and small, insignificant, unseen, unloved, lacking value, lacking hope, lacking purpose, all those things. If you carry those in you, which, I mean, I guarantee you we all have them in some form or another, that's just, it's just not the Father's voice. That's also not your voice. That's not you being, you know, having bad self-esteem. There's an enemy who whispers poisonous, dripping condemnation. It's corrosive. It's corrosive. It's not God's voice. You want to let the Father, right? The Father who spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden, you want to let the Father ask you this question in regards to those things. Who told you that? Right? Adam says to the Lord, I was naked because I was afraid, because I, so I hid myself. Who, who told you that? is what the Father says. It's not, who told you that? It's, it's gentle. It's, it's curious. Who, who told you that? There are so many of those things that we carry in our hearts that the Father wants to say, who told you that? Because it wasn't me. I was not, I'm not the one who told you that you're stupid. I'm not the one who told you that no one loves you. All right, so we have those voices, our voice, the enemy's voice, who hijacks our voice, and then you have God the Holy Spirit, the voice like of the Father echoing in us, the voice of Jesus spoken through the Holy Spirit's voice in us. And it's what's similar is that he speaks in us like the enemy's voice. He will address us in that second person, you. God will almost always address us in that second person. Like the enemy says you and condemns us. Like you are so stupid. You are so unlovable. You're such a piece of garbage. No one could love you. You are unredeemable. But the Holy Spirit says you and encourages, he uplifts, he blesses, he consoles, he affirms, he secures us, he anchors us. Like, you are mine. You are treasured. You are precious. You are seen. You are valued. You have meaning. You have worth. And often, when the Holy Spirit speaks, his voice sounds like, again, we're using an analogy, his voice sounds like that feeling of deep, settling peace. Often it's an image. 
Often it's a word or maybe a song lyric or if you're me, it's almost always some like movie clip that the Lord will bring up. He speaks in movie clips. Or you might get this just general sense that, like I sense that right now the Holy Spirit is fill in the blank, embracing me, looking at me, seeing me. I want to end with this because I think it's so important, right? We hear the Holy Spirit said, set them apart. We just so, because of our sort of modern rationalism ever since the Enlightenment, we so-called sophisticated moderns, we just so mistrust our interiority, especially our imagination, right? All of this takes place on the stage of our imagination, which is, a, which is the faculty of our soul that the Lord give, gave us to be the interacting point between the Holy Spirit and our human mind. But we so mistrust it, we think, ah, that's just all made up. Well, Joan of Arc, when she was on trial, you maybe you've heard me preach this before, share this before, when she was on trial, she was accused of hearing all these voices and making all this up, and they said, this is, all, this is all made up, this is all just in your imagination, these visions of Jesus and St. Michael and Margaret Mary, this is all just in your imagination. And her response, St. Joan of Arc says, well, of course they spoke in my imagination. How else would they talk to me? It's pretty great. If it's good enough for a saint, it's good enough for me. Amen.